Um, just a few announcements for you tonight before we continue worship. One is uh, giving. If, if Midtown is your church home, um, we invite you to give uh, because uh, it's good for you. Because God says, I, I want you to give because I want you to be a part of what I'm doing in that way, but I also want you to give because I want you to trust me. That's an act of faith to say that I don't have to scrounge and grab and save everything that I have to take care of myself because we really believe that God is gonna take care of us. Um, and I wanna say thank you for uh, your giving and thank you to the Lord for just moving in us to, to give because we are uh, ahead of our budget at this point for the year. So really thankful for that and celebrate that. Uh, also wanna invite you to join us in prayer. Uh, we believe that God is calling us to, to grow in our understanding and ability to commune with him and uh, abide in him, but not just individually, but together. And so we do that. One of the ways that we do that is Thursday mornings at 6 a.m. There's a link that comes out in the weekly email. And so I just wanna reiterate with that, um, if you just wanna roll over in bed and just keep it mute and turn your screen off and just listen to other people pray, I promise you, it will be worth it. I cannot reiterate uh, enough how the Lord meets me in that time, just hearing for my brothers and sisters as they talk with the Lord. Um, and so please, please join us for that. And then the last two announcements, uh, very exciting. This kind of leads us into where we're going tonight. One is uh, we are back. You, I mean, you see the chairs back. We're at, I don't know what capacity this is, maybe 50% capacity, but um, our administrative committee has met and decided that we're gonna be back full capacity with masks starting next week. And so I just wanna, celebrate that, but I also want to um, just say something to the folks who are watching at home. I've had conversations with some of y'all. I know that there are specific reasons why some people are kind of hanging back at this point. And, um, and, you know, just do whatever the Lord is, is putting on your heart. Whatever conviction he is giving you, that's what you need to do. Um, but I do want to say, I think for a lot of us, it's just easy like anything to uh, we just make ruts, we're people of habit. And so it's been easy to be in this weird upside down world where so many things have been shaken for us and we're just sort of still in that rut. And then it's like slowly everything else has been coming back. But then there's, you know, part of us too that like, man, Sunday afternoon is kind of nice. And so, um, and, and I think a lot of us have sort of been subconsciously waiting for a reset button of like, okay, yeah, I'll reconsider coming back and worship um, corporately when there's like some sort of big event, like, you know, the big sign drops and the confetti falls that like COVID's over and everything's back to normal. But like, I don't think that moment's gonna come, just me. Uh, so I just wanna say, let's make this the reset button. Uh, that next week, you know, things are back to full capacity with masks. And so um, I would just invite those of y'all who are viewing on uh, doing live stream or just kind of listening during the week um, to really take some time and, and be with the Lord this week and ask him like, hey, why am I still doing this? And he might say, yeah, I want you still doing this for a very particular reason, um, but he might not. And so um, we, we need to be together. It's, we were made to be together. And so uh, come back. And then the last announcement uh, having to do with that looking forward is we're calling it 808s in church space. A little shout out to Kanye. Um, we, we just wanna be praying. We wanna find ways to be praying for this space that the Lord has for us somewhere west of here. We don't know where yet. Um, 
but it, you know, it's been tricky to honestly to kind of lead us in prayer and how do we think about this space that we need because it is a need, but we also believe that we can go ahead and say thank you because the Lord will, whatever he calls us to, he'll supply. And so we believe that he already has a place for us picked out and it's just in his beautiful timing of when he wants to reveal that. And so it's like, we wanna all be in on this together. He calls us to pray. We know that he works through our prayers um, but this also isn't the number one thing that we need. It's not even on the top 10 list. Um, all the, the things that we need, we need to grow in Christ-likeness. We need to grow in maturity. We need to grow in love for God and a hunger for God. And so those are the big things. Um, but this is a thing that he wants us to, to be engaged in together as a community praying for space. And so uh, at 8.08 a.m., 8.08 p.m., uh, we just want y'all to stop and pray and just kind of wherever we are, stop and pray together and ask the Lord uh, a way that I've been praying for this. You can pray for it however you want. And if we end up at a place that has a hot tub, then I'll know that somebody else has been praying for this because I haven't been praying for that. But um, just pray. I, I've been praying, Lord, just put us where we will bear the most fruit. Put us where we will mature the, the most and put us where you can bring and, and through us bring people who don't know you to come and be a part of this community. So whatever that looks like, I've got my ideas. This is a beautiful place. I'm so thankful to be here. And you know, there's a really good chance that wherever we end up after this is not gonna be as beautiful and that's okay. But just be praying like, Lord, however you wanna bear the most fruit, you just put us in the building, put us in the place where you're gonna do that. And so, so that's what we're asking him for. Um, and that's where we're going tonight. We're, we're talking about, you know, so we're, we're kind of thinking about like another chapter, another chapter turn in the very young life of Midtown West. Uh, we're going through this series on the letter to Philippians, Paul's letter to the Philippian church. And he's been talking about, you know, the, the theme of our, our study is the joy in losing. And so, you know, as our culture tells us, no, 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 you need more for yourself. You need more of this, more of that. That's how you have joy. Paul is saying, no, no, no. Jesus was telling the truth. Um, it's actually in losing that you're gonna find your joy. And so each week we've been looking at a section of a different section of this letter, walking through this letter. And um, this week we're talking about the joy in losing your self-interest. And, and Paul is telling us that our joy, like he's, he's already done several times, several of these sermons, our joy is gonna be found together. It's not gonna be found on our own um, on a mountaintop by ourselves, but our joy is gonna be found together in this community. And so as we start to think about turning the page and maybe that uh, as, as God's bringing all of us back together as you know, we're, we're looking for a space, all of that's on the horizon, you know, what are we coming back to? What does it mean to be a part of Midtown West? And so before we go any further, uh, we don't have any pen and paper for you this week, but just if you've got a journal or your phone, just take a minute and I want you to just think like, how do I think what it means to be a part of this body? You know, we've, we've talked about this term gospel partnership and, and just a working definition of that is that it's, it's this shared mission. We're in this shared commitment to this shared mission together where we, we know there's gonna be shared suffering, but through that shared suffering, God is bringing this shared love, these, he's deepening and creating these bonds of love between us. And in that, he's giving us deep joy and he is bringing other people into these bonds of love. And so um, if, what does it mean 
for me, for you, to be a part of this gospel community, to be a part of this gospel partnership? How do you think about engaging with uh, Midtown West if this is your church home or you're, you're checking it out and trying to figure out if it's gonna be your church home? So uh, with that, I'm gonna ask Mary Margaret Jameson to come up and read our passage for us. Um, our scripture this morning, evening, is from Philippians 2, 1 through 4. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interest of others. This is the word of the Lord. Father, I pray as, as we study your word tonight, as we dive into this text, that this would not just be a sermon that um, is pleasing to the ears because they're all pleasing to the ears because I'm great at preaching. But I'm not. <laughs> but Lord, would you please um, just make this so, just take what's true here and apply it to our lives, that we're not just looking at the windshield, but we're looking through the windshield. Um, that what we are learning here, what we are studying here, what you are teaching us here uh, through your Holy Spirit as, and you, as you open our ears and our hearts and our minds, um, Lord, let it be for life. Lord, let it be for going out and, and living this together. Um, Lord, don't let us sit here like we're um, at a show, but Lord, let us just lean in every single one of us because that's, you have called every single man and woman and child who is in this building here tonight, uh, whether we know and appreciate that or not. So Lord, would you let us lean in to uh, whatever your purpose is for each individual one of us so that we can have this unity that Paul talks about and uh, ask that in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna kind of move quickly tonight because of communion. We wanna save time for that. Um, so we're just gonna jump in. First, um, this here is a call to unity. Paul is, is referring back to the gospel to call us to unity. Um, and he's saying, look, if there is any, you know, these, these things that he lists, look, if there's any of this in Christ, if there's any love, if there's any encouragement, if there's any comfort, if there's any now fellowship and bond with the Holy Spirit, basically what he's saying is if the gospel is true, if you have experienced the love of Christ, if like in your coming and going and living your life at some point, if God has entered into your world, if he has ripped apart the fabric of your world and entered in in a powerful way and introduced himself to you and called you to himself and you have experienced his love, if you have experienced his grace, if you've experienced his forgiveness, if you've experienced the new life and the transformation that is in Christ, Paul is saying then, then that is gonna drive you to unity because here's who God is. Um, and we're gonna, we're gonna look at some scripture here. First, we're gonna talk to somebody else. Um, you know, Paul's telling us this, but we're gonna listen to the Apostle John and his letter, uh, 1 John chapter four. He says this, beloved. Like that's your most core identity now in Christ, beloved. 
you are loved. Let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the substitution for our sins. We love because he first loved us. So John is saying, listen, if you know Jesus, then you are loving. (laughs) You are loving God and you are loving people because that is what happens. You have experienced love. We love because God first loved us. We don't know how to love. I don't know how to really love somebody. I know how to manipulate somebody and, and be nice to them and to try to get something that I want. But I don't know how to really just love somebody until I've experienced that love in Jesus because he came and emptied himself for me when I was his enemy, when I didn't, I didn't do anything to deserve that. And so that's how now I understand what love is. And, and he's saying, And you know what? The spirit of Jesus, Jesus lives in you. He is united in you. And so if he's all about loving, you're gonna be all about loving because now he's in you, propelling you out. Um, Jesus, uh, in the gospels, when he is asked, what is the greatest commandment? Of all the things of the Old Testament, all the law, all the things that God says to his people, listen, I want you to do this. This is how you will find life. And they asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus, who is God with flesh on, answers that question so we can trust his answer. What is the greatest commandment from God? Jesus essentially says the most essential piece, the most central, essential core thing about knowing and following God and being in relationship with God is, most of y'all are familiar with this, the most important commandment is hear God's people The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is like that. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. And he doesn't say commandments. He says commandment because they're connected. They're inseparable. The way, a big piece of the way that we love God with everything that we have is we love people. And and as we love people, we're loving God. And it's just this thing that works in tandem. And and Jesus is saying, look, if you're saying you follow me, then that is gonna be the most core thing about you. Not that it's perfected, but that it's happening and it's increasing and it's growing. And as you and I mature, it's not that maturity in Christianity is not knowing more theology. It's loving more like Jesus. There are a lot of people that know a lot of theology and who are very immature in Christ. And there are a lot of people who don't know hardly anything about theology. They do, they don't think they do because we don't talk about it like that. They don't know theologians and, and things like that, but they're very mature in Christ because they have experienced his love in a deep way. They continue to experience his love and his love flows out of them back toward God and back toward their neighbor. And that's what it is to be mature. And so. You know, God's just saying, hey, listen, like, this, this is kind of everything. You know, like, this is, this, is, this is like what it is to follow Christ is to be pushed, to be pulled like a magnet together, to like this room of people would be moved toward one another in love. 
Um, and Jesus is saying, yeah, yeah, like that's, that is the most central thing. And how do we, you know, how do we find unity um, around a, a point? Jesus says, um, it, it's what you're seeking. It's what you're longing for. It's what you're leaning into. And when his disciples ask Jesus, how do we pray? The first thing that he says in this prayer is, he says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Like, we just want whatever you want because you are full of love. And you are full of all these things that Paul talks about. You are full of comfort. God calls himself in scripture the God of all comfort. You are full of gentleness. You are full of patience. You are full of kindness. You know, all the fruit of the spirit, that's God's character. He is full of all of these things. And so, so when we come together, it's not just like whatever we feel like. It's like, man, you, you are everything. You are love. You are, you know. <laughs> like you are wisdom. You are love. You are all the good things that I've ever experienced. And so what do I want? Just whatever you want. Like that's what we want. It's just your kingdom to come because your kingdom is a kingdom of peace and healing and fullness and, and, and your, your will is always healing and love and light and life. And so I don't know, <laughs> like I don't know, but you do and you're gonna lead us and you live inside of us and you move us together as a people. And so like that's Paul saying, look in all of this, you know, he just, the passage right before this, he's talking about struggle and conflict and suffering. He's like, look in the midst of all this, don't run off in other directions. Like keep, keep being united in Christ. And if you're gonna be united in Christ, if you're in Christ, he's gonna unite you in this deep love because that's who he is. Okay, so, so now we gotta ask this question. If, if this is who God is and God dwells in us, like why does Paul have to call us to unity? What is the problem? Okay, are you ready for this? The problem is me. The problem is you. Every single one of us is the problem. <laughs> we still live in this body of flesh. We still have these sinful tendencies. And as God is moving in us and changing us, um, we're still dealing with our stuff. It doesn't just go away um, all at once. You know, God does, God can work very quickly and he can take things away like that. And he does. And then other things kind of just hang around. And he has good purposes for that too. But like the issue is me. And so here's a crazy thought. We don't often think like this. But literally every single person who is a part of this community, including me, including every one of you, including these folks up here, like the unity of Midtown West depends in part on how I engage with you. It's not like, hey, somebody out there is gonna build this church and, and do the unifying, I'm just gonna kinda hang out over here. It's like, no, 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 every single one of us, the way that we engage, that's why I had you think about that question in the beginning, is like, like, it matters. All these little decisions of how we engage make up this community and how we're engaging together. And whether we're experiencing unity or disunity. And Paul is warning us here in, in this third verse. Um, he's saying, you're gonna wanna do these things. The Philippians were doing these things that he said, hey, don't do these things. 
Like there's a part of you that's gonna want to engage in these things. You're gonna wanna do things out of selfish ambition. You're gonna wanna do things out of conceit, which is just like an abundance of, of pride in yourself. And, and that selfish ambition is just, it's a strong desire to attain something without concern for anyone else and what's good for them. Okay, so let's stop and just ask the Lord to help us see like, how can this, how can and how does this show up today in, in 2021 in Nashville and Midtown West? How, how is motivation of conceit and selfish ambition gonna try to work its way into dis? unify us and, and fracture and separate us. Um, well, I just thought about this this week and um, I just look back over my life and here are the ways that, some of the ways that this has looked for me, the ways that I've engaged in these things as a part of a, a community like this. Thinking about selfish ambition, um, it's, it's me setting the course of my life and wanting things that have nothing to do with the kingdom of God. And that those things are setting the course of how I spend my weeks and my days and my hours. And, and I'm not thinking about y'all at all in those things. That's just what I wanna do. And now the trajectory of my life is set on, you know, my ambitions at work or my ambitions in recreation. Like I just, I decided today that I felt like doing this and so I'm just gonna do this. And so it's like, you know, step one for us is showing up. I can't know you. We can't be unified if I'm just kind of like not in or if I just kind of come whenever it's convenient or if I'm just kind of like not leaning into community in all these different ways. And I don't say that in like a, a legalistic way, but just, just kind of fundamentally like we, there's not a community if there's not a coming together of people. And so, I mean, I, I know there have been a lot of times in my life where that's been true of me. Um, just spending my time, my talents, my treasure on myself without uh, a second thought about how that impacts the, the local church body that I'm a part of. Um, having a consumer mentality, that selfish ambition of just like, hey, what's in it for me? Um, you know, I, like as long as all this stuff kind of lines up and makes me feel really comfortable and I don't really see myself as a part of how it gets there, um, I'm just gonna kind of show up and, and ride the wave. Um, but that's, that's not how the Lord intended this thing to work. And so if we're all doing that, like it's just gonna be really fractured and broken. And then thinking about conceit, you know, what does that look like? Um, one, it looks like independence. It looks like, you know, I can do it by myself. I don't ever wanna ask for help. That's like the most threatening thing in the world. And so like in, in all the, the bodies that I've been a part of, like offering things and offering to help and offering money when people are in a hard place, that's never the problem. The problem is people taking it. The problem is people saying like, hey, actually I'm gonna raise my hand and say, I need help. Like I, I need help paying my bills or I need help like just, I'm in pain, like I'm lonely or I'm lost or I'm confused or I can't feel or hear or sense my relationship with God. I feel like I'm just, my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. Like, and that, that's, you know, pride that keeps us from being able to say that to one another. Um, 
being offended. You know, like we're, we're all like just a bunch of big, goofy animals, like giraffes on ice skates. And we're gonna, we're gonna bump into each other and we're gonna step on each other's toes. And if we get close enough, and, and if, if we're getting offended somehow, that actually probably means we're doing it right. Because that means we're close enough to like be in each other's lives and we're gonna say things and we're gonna do things without thinking about it, sometimes with thinking about it, that, that hurt each other's feelings. And, and if when that happens, I just take a step back and I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought. Like, I just learned my lesson, okay? And it's like you just move from like community to community thinking like maybe there's a perfect one out there. There's not. And Jesus knew that when he called us into this tight community. He's not like, hey, y'all, like I called until you find that perfect place where no one ever hurts your feelings. Like God knows who we are. He knows what we're made of. He knows that we're goofy and selfish and we're works in progress. And so if I take a step back and I just quit every time I get offended, um, we're not gonna be able to go and experience the, the beauty of this unity that Jesus has for us. Being uncomfortable. I love my comfort. I think I should be comfortable all the time. And so, um, you know, but I don't know. This, just, this is all my stuff. I don't know if, if y'all identify with this. Or there's other things that I haven't said that you identify with, but just think about... Um, Man, I gotta really like take these thoughts captive. Like when I, the way I experience this, the way I engage with this, this really matters and it's a playground for the enemy to try to keep us disunified. And so it's like taking these thoughts captive and bringing them to Jesus and saying, um, here's what I wanna do. Here's what I feel like doing right now. Will you help me? And going to one another and saying like, here's what I feel like doing right now. Uh, will you help me? I did that this week. Um, I was just feeling really lost and confused and just feeling like I was sitting under just fear and anxiety and I couldn't put my finger on it for like a day and a half. And so I called a good friend in this community and I just said, hey, this is what I'm experiencing. I just need you to pray for me and just talk with me. I don't know what's happening. And guess what? The Lord used that. Surprise. Like that's what we were made for. That's what this community is made for. Um, and fear, you know, fear is the other side of pride. And so if, if I'm afraid, if I'm insecure and I don't wanna get too close because I don't think I'm enough or you may not like me, um, that's another big unity killer too. And so just all this stuff, I mean, just maybe spend some time with the Lord this week and think like, Lord, what is this for me? What are these, what are these big unity killers for me? And would you do business with this? And would you lead me toward uh, these men and women in this community? Okay, so uh, that's the problem. What's the way out? And Paul says really clearly, the way out is humility. The way out is humility. It's, it's this like humility of mind. It's this being able to say with my life, I don't know everything. I don't know everything. And I don't know the best way. And I don't know the best way, especially for you. I need help from you, and I am not the center of the universe. You know, listen to the things that Jesus leads us to in, in terms of how he meets us and who his kingdom is for. Um, Matthew 5, 3, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Spiritual poverty, saying like, hey, I don't have anything to offer. I don't bring anything to the table. I don't know a lot of things. I'm not super moral and righteous. 
spiritual poverty. Jesus is like, if you can raise your hand and say, I am spiritually poor, we can work with that. But if you think you're somebody and you're judging everybody else, that's hard. That's hard to work with. Similarly, he says in Matthew 18, three and four, he says, truly, I tell you, unless you turn, unless you repent and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And then Paul says, practically, what does this look like? It looks like thinking about other people. And I'm just gonna confess to y'all, I don't know if, if this is harder for me than other people, but it's really hard for me to think about other people. The natural course of my life is to just think about myself, to think about what does this mean for me? What do I need to do? What's gonna happen to me? Me, 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 all the time. And so I think part of what Paul's saying is here is like, we're asking, we can't make ourselves humble. Jesus has to do that. The power of the Holy Spirit at work in us has to do that. But I actually do believe that it's a discipline that God uses and helps us to act, actively stop and think about other people, to, to stop and pray for other people, to stop and think about how to love the people in my life. And Jesus, man, I wish he didn't say this, but in Luke 9, 23, he says, and if anyone would come after me, if anyone would be my disciple and call themselves a Christian, then he needs to deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Ugh. Yeah, I don't like, I don't like thinking about that. What does that mean? When Jesus took up his cross, it was to bear the sins of others, not his own sin. And he's saying, yeah, like that's what it is to move into unity and that's what it's gonna require is for you to take up your cross and you have your own stuff, but like it's to forgive and it's to have mercy and it's to carry the weight of other people's sin against you. Okay, that's really heavy. So where does the power come from to live like this? Because all that can sound great for somebody else, but like, I can't live like that. So where does the power come from to live like this? And this is where we're gonna land the plane. Is it, is it comes from the same Jesus who's calling you to live like this. He dwells in us once for all, for all of our sin. For everyone who is in Christ, all of our sin, past, present, and future has been laid on him. Listen to this from Isaiah 53. Surely he has borne our griefs. This is a, this is a prophecy about the coming savior hundreds of years before Jesus came. Surely he has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities and upon him was the punishment that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's an, another word for sin. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. 
By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous as he bears their iniquities. Jesus was crushed. The weight of our sin crushed him. So the weight of your sin will not crush me because he has borne the weight of all of our sin and it crushed him into the ground to death. But the power of God raised him to life again and he will never die. And that same Jesus lives in us. And he has already carried the crushing weight of our sin. And so now I can bear up in humility under the weight of your sin and my sin because it will not crush us because the one who death could not stop lives inside of me and lives inside of you. And that is the power for humility. That is the power for this unity. And it is in this unity that he is gonna do amazing things. We, hot off the presses, our, our vision statement for Midtown West is we are on adventure with Jesus to be set free, to set others free, and enjoy that freedom together. And it is the power of Christ that's gonna enable us to be in this gospel partnership on this adventure, and we are gonna watch him do this. We're gonna watch him continue to set us free in his love, and, and we're gonna watch him use us as vessels to set other people free, and we're gonna get to celebrate and, and have a foretaste of the great wedding feast that we will enjoy forever. Father, we love you, we thank you. Thank you for your love for us and sending your son. Jesus, thank you for your love for us and coming and humbling yourself to bear our sins so that we could have life. Teach us how to follow you in this. Lord, give us compassion for one another, give us mercy for one another, give us long suffering and patience and kindness and all, of, all the fruit of your spirit that we're gonna need for this. And most of all, give us a deep, deep love for you and, and a deep, deep love for one another. In Jesus' name, amen.